Hey, we're so glad that you're here. And if you are worshiping in another campus, or if you're in Destin, we're angry, uh, but we're glad that you're tuning in. And today we celebrate our country. You know, we don't do that enough. We can't do it every week. But we thank God for our country, 246 years uh, of freedom. And I want to say to all of you who have served in our military, uh, we don't take every opportunity to do this, but today I want to say thank you. So many gave their lives and sacrificed so that we could be free. As a matter of fact, if, if you are serving or have served in the military at any of our campuses, would you just raise your hand so we can see you and honor you? Thank you. Let's give them a hand. All, yeah. If you're, if you're driving down the road, if you're driving down the road, you can, you can wave out the window. And uh, because we are so thankful for you. And as you know, this past week, or a little over a week ago, there was some legislation passed that overturned Roe versus Wade. And one of the things I wanted to say is we respect life. We love women, okay? We understand brokenness. And we are a church for people who think they, can, they don't have anywhere else to go. And if you've had an abortion, I want you to know we love you. I want you to know this is a safe place for you. If you are struggling and you don't know what to do and you find yourself all alone, this is the place for you. This is a time for the church to stand up. It's time for us to say, hey, yeah, let's give, let's give that a hand for the church. We have become known for what we're against and not what we are for, and we are for life, and we are for people. We are especially for people who are broken and hurting. And so we want you to always know that we, you have a place here. We will come alongside you. Uh, we will never just judge you, uh, okay, because we all want grace and we all want mercy. Now, now today I want to talk about how God has blessed us and the fact that the gospel is the answer to everything we're facing. You see, the pandemic, yeah, the gospel is the answer. With all this happening with regard to politics, the gospel is still the answer. Crime, you say crime. Hey, just think about it. The gospel is the answer. Everything around us that you're seeing, the answer is the gospel. You say, well, how do you know that? Because it's always been the answer. For, for some reason, we have forgotten history. If you go back to the 1730s, now think about this. The Great Awakening of the 1730s to 1750 led to us having a Declaration of Independence. A lot of people don't know that, but there was revival happening in the colonies where, where people were coming to know the Lord in such large numbers that they banded together and said, we want to be able to worship God. And if you go to Washington today, man, everywhere you turn, there is scripture, okay? You say, you're making a statement. No, I'm just telling you. You go there, you look up in the rotunda, you, you look on the marble etched in, in stone is scripture, and we were built on that, and our country kind of formed out of a revival. You, you turn the clock forward, now you can Google all this. I'm not making it up. In, in the 1800s, about 1820 to 1840, 1850, somewhere in there, to like 1900, there was another great awakening. Guess what came out of that? The abolition of slavery. 
See, right this second, you think the gospel is not that big a deal. It's just for the church. You realize the gospel is the answer to everything. Matter of fact, this church, the roots of this church that I'm so proud of started in 1884 because there were people that were so excited about their faith. They said, this area, even before it was Hattiesburg, this area needs a church for people to come to. And people were getting saved in such large numbers that it changed our community. And I'm going to tell you the good news. I, I think we're headed to another great awakening. I mean, I've done the numbers on it, and we're, we're ready. We are ripe for a great awakening because great awakenings happen during times of incredible decadence when people forget the poor. And you're saying, well, we're ripe for it. You're exactly right. And when you understand the fact that when, when great awakenings happen, they happen because you understand the holiness of God, that God is just, but God is also merciful, and it leads a people or a person to repentance. That's how revival happens. So today we're going to look at one of those revivals in Genesis chapter 18, verse 16, if you want to open your Bibles there. And this is what happens when you, you don't listen to the preacher. Uh, th this is a story of what happens to a people who God has said, hey, you know, the justice is right, okay, because God is just. Uh, and they didn't respond. And so let's look at this, and I want you to see the first prayer in the Bible. Matter of fact, if you're here and you say, I don't know how to pray, you're going to hear how to pray from Genesis chapter 18, beginning with verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? I love the way God does this. He says, hey, I'm going to kind of tease this out. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I've chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so the Lord will bring about for Abraham whatever what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, the outcry, now get this, God hears prayers. When people say, just keep your prayers, man, they don't understand what they're talking about. God, God hears prayer. He especially hears prayer when you are hurting the, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, their sin is so grievous, that I will go down and see if what has done is as bad as the outcry is that has reached me. If not, I will know. And the men turned away and went towards Sodom. And now remember, these are the enemies of Abraham. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. So it's just the Lord and, and, and Abraham. And this is prayer. This is conversation. And then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Now, I love this because he's saying, I just want to find out how merciful you really are. And the Lord said, okay, if, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I'll spare the whole place for their sake. 
Then Abraham spoke again. He said, now that I've been so bold to speak to the Lord, though I'm nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is, is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? If I find 45, he says, I will not destroy it. And then again, Abraham says, okay, how about 40? Okay, how about 40, 40? Give me, give me, give me 35, give me 35, give me 30, give me 30, give me 35, 20. Give me 25, give me 25, give me 25, give me 20, 10. He's haggling with God because God is so merciful and so loving and so kind. He says, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. And you probably know the rest of the story. See, when, when you have, when you're a part of a spiritual awakening, there is three ingredients that always happen. Now, now if, if you don't understand these or if you don't respond to these, then, then the spiritual awakening, uh, it, 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 can, it, it lingers. Matter of fact, in America, if we don't understand these things, then it, it may not happen and we may be more like Sodom and Gomorrah, okay, than, than the nation uh, that he's talking to with regard to Abraham. And the first thing is we celebrate justice. I mean, do you celebrate justice? I celebrate justice. No justice, no peace. I mean, we're a nation that loves justice, right? Judge Judy, how many of you watch Judge Judy? It's okay, you can raise your hand. Uh, Judge Judy, somebody's watching her. She makes 445, thank you, man. Thank one honest person right here, okay, because she makes $440,000 an episode. She is worth $440 million. I would do that for half in cash. Uh, guilty, 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 guilty. And how many of you, I mean, we, we love that stuff. Jack Reacher. How many of you love the Jack Reacher series or the Jack Reacher movie? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know why? Because Jack Reacher finds the people that kind of slip through the justice system, and he says, hey, I'm going to bring justice, because we love justice, don't we? Osama bin Laden. I mean, you know, we, I've watched that over and over again. I watched the movie, and, you know, we know the fact that we wanted justice for Osama bin Laden, and when they walked in, they didn't say, hey, how do you feel? Pow, pow, pow. And it was over. Why? Because it was justice. Uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, that's a whole different thing. If, <laughs> I'm sorry I went from Osama to Amber. But, but listen, how, how many of you, how many of you, will you be honest for just, for just one moment of honesty in your life? You are in church. How many of you watch that? I did too, man. I couldn't help it. Like I came home early. I said, hey, baby, turn the TV on. I got to see what Amber said this week. And because we love justice, don't we? But justice has to be built on truth. It has to be built on the facts. Not, not based on how you feel, okay? Not, not based on what the scientist says, because we have found you can find any scientist to say anything you want. How many of you have ever been stopped for speeding and your first, your first words were, hey, I wasn't speeding. Listen, if it's 55 and you did 56, you broke the law. You say, well, I don't like the law. We'll change the law. You say, well, wait a minute. What law do we go by then in America? Well, what law do we go by in the world? Is it, is it my law? Is it your law? No, it's biblical law. Listen to what John Mark Comer, I love this guy. He's about 
he looks 13 to me. He's like 30. But listen to what he said. He said, our war against the enemies of the soul is not a war of guns and bombs. It's not against other people at all. It's a war on lies. And the problem is less that we tell lies and more that we live them. We let false narratives about reality into our bodies and they wreak havoc on our souls. Wow. Have you watched the news lately? Lying. Lying. You say, what network? All of them. Lying. What can you trust? The Bible? He said, ah, no, 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 hold on a second. You get, I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you, the, I'm just telling you this is the 6,000 years of human history. You got a better version? We find these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal and endowed by their, what'd you say? You say creator. With certain inalienable rights. Among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence. You say, well, I don't believe that. The Bible's so out of date. Listen, listen. The Bible was the reason we no longer have slavery. The abolition of slavery came from the words of the Bible that every person is born in the image of God. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight because Jesus loved the little children of the world. Let me tell you, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. But God won't allow sin to go unpunished. Let me give you an illustration, and, and I love watching Ben and his daughter up there today because it brought back so many memories of when my kids were little. And, and we took a trip back when you could afford gas. We went to San Antonio. We went to San Antonio, and, uh, and we were driving back, and we were tired. Went to SeaWorld, did all the stuff you could do, and our kids were smaller. They were younger, and they were being kids. How many of you got, you know, you've been on those trips, those family trips, and you're going back from Disney, and your kids get possessed by evil? Yeah, and you're, you're trying to do the arm, you know, the snake arm in the back and trying just to find a piece of meat to grab a hold of. Yeah, because, you know, you know they're sinning, okay? And so I finally said to, to one of my children, because they just kept on and on and on and on and on and on. I said, if you keep on, you're going to get it because they crossed the line. They were sinning. They broke the laws. And, and then with their mother, the, the idea is you don't talk back to your mother. They got sassy with their mama, my wife, who I have to, you know, I mean, who I get to be married to. <laughs> and I said, if you do one more thing, I'm bringing the hammer down. I'm bringing the law down. I'm giving you just response for what you deserve. And, and she did it one more time. I pulled that car over, told our friends on walkie-talkies, this is back before cell phones, y'all go ahead, well, I gotta do something. And I pulled her out of there and I administered justice on her glutus maximus. You say, did it work? She's a missionary. Don't make me do the robot. I mean, listen, 
Listen, God, listen, he, God would not be good if he didn't punish sin. Can you imagine never bringing justice to bear on your children? They get to go to prison. The Bible is the North Star. It's like the law of gravity. So I don't believe the law of gravity. We'll jump off a building and say, oh, I don't believe. It's a law. Now, now, let me just warn you, some of you are getting too excited about the justice of God. Some of you, some of you are the justice people. You know, you know, one of my fears with regard to Roe versus Wade is that we were going to have everybody go, yeah, we've got it all solved now. We've got it all solved. Those, those politicians are getting on my track. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. We celebrate justice, but we champion mercy. Uh-oh. Do you know what this story means? Do you understand what this story means? Abraham is saying, you, 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 will, you will protect the unrighteous many for the righteousness of a few people. A remnant. Friends, the only thing standing between us and total chaos and decadence is the church of the living God. That's all we have. You say, no, we got, we got the law. No, 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 no. We, it's the church of the living God. You're the only thing that stands between us and chaos. I don't mean, I don't mean the church building. I don't mean people that just casually go to church. I mean the people of God. I don't mean religion. I don't mean morality. Where you're so filled with faith that it is flowing out of you. And the Lord approaches Abraham. I, see, see, prayer is not just you finding God. God is looking for you. God wants to speak to you. Are you hearing God speak? Are you feeling his nudge? Maybe you need to get off Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Sprinky Sprock, whatever the latest thing is. Because God is speaking, are you listening? And he's speaking to Abraham. And, and Abraham responds to him. And I love this about Abraham because he's basically saying, hey, hey, would you, would you please, would you consider not destroying the 50,000 people in Sodom and Gomorrah for 1% that really love you? Oh, I don't mean a side gig. I don't mean like you do God on the side. I don't, I don't mean like you're auditing Christianity where you come and you get the information, but you don't take the test, okay? And you don't do the homework and you don't, I don't mean that. I mean where you are really excited about your faith and about growing in your faith and it spills out wherever you go. People just say there's something different about you. If you find 50, that's 1%. He goes, okay, they couldn't find 50. I did the numbers on the pine belt, okay? There'd be 1,500 people that when you see them, you're like, whoo, man, there's something different about them. They are filled with God's love and compassion. They always want to serve. They always want to give. They always want to help. I mean, man, if we had more people like them, are there 1,500 in the pine belt? If not, it's going to start smelling like smoke. That's the mercy. 
You know what Jesus said? I mean, go, you go back and read the Bible. In the Gospels, he says, if the miracles were done in Bethsaida, that was done in Chorazin and, and, and these other, in Sidon, these pagan cities, were, were, were done in, in, this is the, keep that up there, another verse. He said, were done in, in Capernaum. He says, it, it would, that were done in Capernaum, were done there. They, they would have repented in dust and ashes. But this is what he said about you, Capernaum. Are you going to be lifted up to heaven? Bethsaida. Yeah, both of them. Uh, <clears throat> no, you will go down to Hades because if the miracles were performed and you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. You know what he's saying? He said, if they really understood the gospel, they would have repented. Listen to me. We hear the gospel all the time, every day. You own demand. It is everywhere you go. And here's the reality. God is a just God. He's just. He must punish sin. But he is merciful. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that everyone come to eternal life. You say, well, then, well, what's the tipping point between justice and mercy? The tipping point is confession of your sins. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, now, now let that settle, settle in, my people, my people, not, not, <laughs> not some other people, uh, that aren't my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and come and heal their land. That's not complicated. He's not talking about people that don't go to church. He's not talking about people that don't know the truth. He's saying if just my people, my people who know me will humble themselves. Kyle did such a great job preaching about humility last week. If you would humble yourself and repent of your sin, he will come and heal you. See, what we need is not the right person in the White House. What we need is the right person in your house. You may want to tweet that. Sorry, I hate to be tweeting my own message while I'm preaching. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, like the reality is, man, I, I'm not worried. Like, I'm going to vote. I'm not going to vote but once, and I'm going to vote. And, but here's the thing. It ain't about the person you're voting for. It's about you. I wanted to do Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson and, and, and do, do some stuff, but I, they won't let me, okay, because it's on, it's on the World Wide Web. But you need to look at the man or the woman in the mirror. You know, I spend most of my time in confession and repentance. You said, but you're the preacher. Yeah, I know, and I sin. I, I pleasure and comfort. I like pleasure and comfort. I mean, I've never met a buffet I didn't love. And, and I'm serious. Like, you know, you get me near a buffet, it's just like I start doing like that, you know? And, and, and you know, just, it's, a, it's my whole life is confession and repentance, confession and repentance. Confession and repentance will save your marriage. Some of you came in here and you were so angry at your wife or your husband. You're like, I'm not saying I'm sorry. I don't have nothing to be sorry about. I've all through that. Listen, you go, hey, I'm sorry. Changes your marriage. Mad at your kids. Kids mad at your parents. Confession and repentance. So, so you're going to find that the key to revival is not government. It is not science. It is not the stimulus. It is the gospel. 
Ezekiel said, and I love this about Ezekiel. It's my favorite book of the Bible, of course, because it's so insane. He quotes God. God says, you know, I was looking. I was looking for one man to stand in the gap on behalf of, of the nation of Israel. And I couldn't find one. That's the saddest verse in the Bible. He didn't say, I look for a politician to stand in the gap. He didn't say, I look for a stimulus to stand in the gap. He didn't say, I look for an uptick in the economy to stand in the gap. He said, I look for a person to stand in the gap. Because listen, if you're a messed up person, you're in a messed up family that leads to a messed up community and a messed up church that leads to a messed up state that leads to a messed up country that leads to a messed up world. So you start with the person in the mirror like I'm doing in my life. Thinking about the sin in my life that needs to be confessed and repented of so that I can be salt and light. I'm going to give you a little fun fact because when I get to study, I think about things and a lot. Now, think about this. He said, for 10, would you do it for 10 righteous? Okay, now think about that. 10 righteous people, okay? I, I, I'm going to have to, I'm, like, I, there's none, okay? Like, there's none. So, so for 10, I'll do it for 10. Would you do it for 10? Okay, I'll do it for 10. You know that Lot had a wife. He had two girls and two son-in-laws. If they had just reached one person, that would have been 10 people. Peter says that Lot felt really bad about what was going on in Sodom. He voted every time you could vote. You know, he, he felt bad about things. He gave, he went to church. The problem is he didn't stand for God. He wasn't salt and he wasn't light. It was so bad that when they were leaving Sodom, think about this, they were leaving Sodom. I mean, they went to Sodom. Abraham let him pick, okay? He said, Lot, you pick where you want to go. So I see sacks down there. I see like there's a shopping center down there. I see there's great food down there. There's good-looking tents down there. There's fast camels down there. So we're going to go down there. And it was so good. It was so pleasurable. It was so comfortable that when he was trying to lead his wife out of Sodom, she looked back at sacks and became a sack of salt. Now, that was good, too, I I mean, I, I hate to, I'm humble, you know, about it. Listen to what Micah said in the Bible. Micah said, what does God require of you but to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? One of the congressmen, you know, okay, I, I'm... I know everything on TV is, is just, it's just ball-faced lies, but, I, but I'm fascinated with it, and it gets me going. And so occasionally I'll find something, I'll go, wow, that makes sense in a different context. And, and so I, I was listening to a congressman from Connecticut speak, and I love the way he talks. You know, the, we, we talk right. We use the English right in the South, and other people mess it up. You know, but I want you to hear what he has to say. And then I want to, I want to close with, with his words because I thought it was such a great word to America. Just have the wrong answers. So I want you to hear this. I want you to hear how he says it at the end of, of the legislative session. I thought it was just amazing. And here we go, the congressman. What are we doing? Why are we here? What are we doing? 
Those are great questions. And sir, I have an answer for you. What we're doing is living for pleasure and comfort and living in isolation. Why are we here? To make much of God. To live the life he has called us to live. And to do that, sometimes you have to sacrifice. Like, like we don't ask you to do much. We just try to help you. Like, like inviting people to a movie. I mean, I mean, a mule. No offense, but like, that's not like going to a foreign country and giving your life. Like, like my kids went back to get some of their stuff and somebody stole my son-in-law's sandwich out of his hand when he walked out of a restaurant. I mean, this, this is not to invest in a house church with people that you wouldn't normally be around because you love cliques. And I do too. I, there's certain people I like and, and getting thrown with people that I wouldn't normally be with and learn how it's messy, learn how to love, serve, serve others, give sacrificially. I, I, I was trying to mind my own business and, and reading. And I, you, you ever, has anybody ever done this where you open the Bible and you say, God, I'm, I'm going to read something. And it's going to be from you. Now, I'm always, I don't do this, but about once every five years. Because I'm scared what, he will, you know, what it will say. You know, because you, you never, it could be a bad passage. But this is it. To loose the chains of injustice. To untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide poor? The poor wander with shelter when you see the naked, clothe them, and now not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call on the name of the Lord, and he will answer, and you will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of fingers and malicious talk, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Whoa, that's what I want. That's all I want. What are we doing? Why are we here? What are we doing? God, I love the way that guy talks. Would you bow your heads? Father, I don't have a lot of answers for people in different echelons in the way they ask it. But I do know the answer is found in the gospel that you are both righteous and holy but you're also merciful and gracious. And you allow us to vote. To ignore that. To run into religion. To run into morality. To play at our worship and worship our play. Or to humble ourselves. And confess our sins. And repent and follow you. God, I pray this would be the beginning of the third great awakening
to happen, not just in our country, but around the world. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.